I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 3 of the 2018 MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 2 and preview of round 3. This episode is brought to you by Mowage. It's what brings us together. Uh, no, no. Actually, it's brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Michael Denton, and tonight I'm joined by my regular co-host, Blaine Riffle. Reed is off enjoying wedded bliss after getting married this weekend, so congratulations to Reed and condolences to his bride. Uh, we also like to welcome our special guest, Tim Shaw from Soccer Captains. How is everyone tonight? Hey guys, thanks again for having me, and uh, congratulations, well. Reed. Yes, congratulations in all seriousness to Reed. I, I know he's having a good time. Um, think he's probably checking his phone too often to make keeperoos and check scores but um so yeah uh interesting round two guys um but before we get into round two i do want to kind of wrap up some things from last week since we had a a pretty heated uh episode last week i, I want to thank everyone for the positive comments about my uh, taylor 12 minute impersonation um we did get some feedback from ben bear and i wanted to make sure that i included that uh, in this podcast before we get too deep into the minutiae of round two. Um, ben says last year we started around 25,000 and gained 1,000 uh, players in week one. So last week, we got said like 22.8 started and that was different from 30. It's not quite as dramatic, but still a, a slight drop off. Um, ben as a whole was very receptive and positive uh, listening to our podcast. Uh, so that's good. I, I think he shared a lot of our frustrations and, and took a lot of the lessons uh, that last week uh, had to heart. Um, at least that's what Reed says, because uh, he, he talked to Ben uh, a lot about it. And um, one other thing to correct, uh, I had mentioned something that, you know, you could build up your budget in spring season and then, you know, roll it over to the fall season and really make it go for it. Um, I'm not clear about what exactly is going to happen, but there is some sort of reset um, between the seasons. I it may be, I think it's the budget, maybe player prices too. Um, anyway, you shouldn't be depending on anything happening in uh, spring rolling over to fall. So hopefully MLS will provide more concrete uh, details on that, but Ben kind of gives a little heads up that that may not, um, you're not going to get a whole lot of rollover there. So I'm sure we'll, deal with that um as we go and then obviously we had issues uh updating scores last week um we had a little bit of a blip uh, during the columbus uh montreal game and, and then it got fixed guys did y'all see any issues uh over the weekend with scores not updating properly uh, outside of uh, minutes played which i think was the only thing that wasn't being timely updated a um, couple times throughout the weekend, I think there were some complaints online about scores not updating as players went through. I think I noticed that between the first and second game where scores stopped rolling in for different things. I think Zardes got his goal and never got a second goal till a couple hours later, stuff like that. Um, as far as um, a couple other housekeeping things while we're in this section to note out, you've put one in. I do not believe minutes played are being added until the game is finalized. 
I think that's across the board, and I think that it's the design uh, aspect of this year's game. Um, I know it's frustrating. I know a lot of people don't like it. They want to know if Christian Martinez has got one, two, or three points. I mean, what's going on when he gets subbed? He's your auto root candidate. Do we need to go find somebody else to replace him? All of that. And then the other big thing I have heard is lineups do not update after the game week to show you who got subbed in and who didn't. Uh, you're looking for green scores underneath the player's name on your bench. And if they've got a green score, that means that was counted in your final total and your field players are there. So if you got a did not play, a buy, whatever, that green score is what's filling in for them. You'll also notice some red scores on your bench during the games. That means that their total is lower than the than the threshold to make it onto the field for you that week. So just keep that in mind. If it's red, it's not being counted in your score during the week. Um, if that means you've got a player that has done really well on the bench and you auto rue after it, it may be green, it'll switch to red. If you auto rue somebody in whose game starts or they go in and it'll tell you who's, who's getting counted and who's not. Yeah, Blaine, I mean, you pretty much covered it there. Um, you know, to answer your question, Mike, during the weekend, I did not notice anything, but uh, with the caveat that I was in Tampa Bay all weekend for a bachelor party. So it was uh, <laughs> it was a little difficult to uh, to kind of keep track of things, you know, when when you're in a slightly altered state of mind. Um, and by altered, I mean just drinking approximately 1000 beers. <laughs> well, your weekend sounds much, much better than mine. I, I was not able to check scores because uh my kids' school had their fest, and I signed up to do the soccer pool um, area, which was just an inflatable, um, like a pool table with soccer balls. And we they were doing like a two-on-two -two tournament, and I became the referee to decide when a goal was. So I spent like nice. two hours throwing in balls, like, it's in! <laughs> I felt like an announcer <laughs> and a ref. Kid, like fourth-grade kids, boys were getting furious at me, like, Throwing balls and throwing it was great. <laughs> oh, no, no, nothing more competitive than a fourth grade boy, man. Let me tell you. Yeah, I, I, I'm speaking from experience. I was a lunatic. <laughs> All right, well, let's get into um, how y'all's teams did uh, in this kind of weird round two. Uh, what was it three away wins? Um, only one clean sheet. Uh, how, how'd y'all fare? So I uh, I ended the week with 79 points. Um, you know, not not a terrible outing. I uh, I captained David Villa. My midfield performed quite admirably across the board. I had Almiron, I had Iguain, I had Rusnak, Yotun, and then uh, Darwin Saren was my uh, defensive midfielder selection. Um, my uh, my auto route did not work out so well. Um, you know, I had Joe Bendick at, in the goal, and uh, you know, I, I probably should have, you know, swapped his, swapped out uh, McGuire from Philly for a, a real goalkeeper. But uh, unfortunately, uh, things kind of caught up with me over the weekend, and I did not get to do it in time. So you know that happens. But you know, my my bench brought on eight points for. Uh, not a, not a terrible result. So seventy one from my eight starters, and then three from the bench. I got another uh, another eight. So you know, a decent outing. I'm happy, all things considered. How about you, Blaine? I ended with a sixty three on the round and lost every single head to head match. So a little disappointing there. Um, I got burned again by the transferers. I I was big on RSL's defense. 
ended up with Horston Romando on my bench. Didn't check the scores so much. Just was frustrated with the five goals. Thought, I'll go ahead and switch into some Orlando defense. And that did not work. Ended up transferring out um, Almiron instead of Miram, just because I thought the extra money would help me get that transfer going. Went down to Davies, and yeah, just I cost myself, I think, four or five head-to-head wins with that. So learn from my mistakes. Don't make... Don't transfer and drop some big name just because you're trying to chase a few extra points. I think I I think a grand total of twelve points were dropped just because of that. Oh, yeah. Ouch. First Sorry, week was only four. That, that was twelve. So I, I'm playing with the new system. There's time to catch up. I think I'm only about uh, 60, 70 points down from the leader right now, which is not insurmountable in, in another fifteen games. But that's that is a lot of points to make up. So, but it's all playing for the second half of the season, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I think I'm about the same place as you overall. I, I did better this week though. Uh, 77. Um, my main mistake was uh, I captained Rusnak instead of, you know, pretty much anyone else. Cause I had via Zardes, Higuain, uh, Miram was my only offensive player who kind of put up a dud. Even Rusnak six points wasn't as terrible, but um, I, I think like everyone else, I kind of sucked it off on the defense. Um, you know, with only one clean sheet all week, you know, there's not a whole lot of points anyone was going to get uh, there. But at least I had Abu Bakar who got a penalty. Um, but uh, yeah, 77. I, I can't be too mad about that. Um, well, yeah, let, let's talk about some of these weird results and, and let's start with uh, the leaders for the Supporter Shield, which is LAFC. What is going on there, guys? Is LAFC for real? Yeah. Um, I think they are. I mean, look at that. Look at that lineup, right? That is, you want to talk about guys that have been MLS fantasy players the past couple of years. Pretty much, there's a lot of names that starting lineup are guys that you have had on your roster at least once in the last couple of seasons, right? Like these are all big names. When when Benny Failhaber is your your box to box guy because you have <laughs> Carlos freaking Vela and Diego freaking Rossi ahead of him, you're in good shape. So they're contenders. The only thing that I would say is that they are very they, – they have uh, a lot of depth problems. If, if one or two of those guys goes down, they're kind of screwed. So if Bob Bradley can keep them healthy, then, then they're in real good shape. Well, let me ask you this, Blaine. You went uh, heavy RSL defense, uh, and then you had to kind of swerve whenever the goals. Are you going to downgrade RSL offensively, defensively after these past two results? Uh, defensively, yeah. I mean, they were a solid team last year. Um, there's a little <laughs> bit of rotation already this uh, this year as well. Marcelo Silva was one guy I was really high on, and he got benched this week. Um, didn't even make the 18. Maybe there was an injury I didn't see, but there was just some rotation that I think really caught him. And I think this is kind of a testament to, to what LAFC is doing right now. Um, I like the way Tim put it. These are guys we've been watching in fantasy for a while. I mean, I wouldn't say this is a fantasy dream team, but there is a lot of fantasy utility here. And these are guys we would have been using for years. I mean, Fellhaber Blessing was an interesting pick last year when you knew he was starting on Big Beta Shore was huge. Simond is Defender of the Year. Arena on the right matches, and they just added some some of the right players to these MLS vets. And I don't know that RSL was prepared for the attack that was going to come. 
Um, I still think LAFC is a little bit shaky defensively, but when you're running over teams like that, who cares what your defense is doing? So I think if a team can really disrupt them and slow them down, they could struggle. But I'll go back to that first question. I think they are uh, somewhat for real as long as they can stay healthy and keep the pressure up. But I think if they start to sit back, teams will get in at them. Yeah, and you know we'll we'll see what happens whenever you know teams start accumulating footage. But I mean, for right now, I uh, I think you're definitely looking for uh, LAFC offensive players. Uh, for sure. Uh, now we don't get LAFC for like another three weeks or something. Uh, they don't play again until the end of the month, but they're playing the Galaxy at the end of the month, and so they, they're probably going to be good pit, picks whenever we get there. Um, let me get to the other. I thought the second biggest shock of the week, uh, and I know Tim wants to talk about this. Uh, the Red Bulls lighting up the Timbers. Uh, the Red Bulls looked really good this week, and not just because uh, they weren't wearing that stupid white atop and were wearing that all red kit, which even as a New York City fan, I have to say, looks nice. Uh, Tim, what happened? How, how did they do? How did they beat the Timbers with a B team? Well, so here's what happened. Um, the Red Bulls are officially undefeated when their shorts match their shirt. They wore all white <laughs> the last couple of weeks, and now they all went all red. So, I mean, whenever that, we figured it out. That's it. That's the key. We're winning the MLS Cup this year as long as we keep our shorts the same color as our shirts. No. Um, <laughs> you know, a lot of people say, like, oh, this is a B team. This is RBMY2. And, yeah, we have a couple of younger guys out there. <laughs> Don't get in minds. Uh, Bitcoin Ben is what our, uh, our little group has uh, – has named him, you know, uh, Ben Mines, mining bitcoins. He was wearing 17. He is 17. He scored a goal with 17 minutes and 17 seconds from a guy who the two guys that assisted him were wearing 10 and 7, which adds up to 17. I mean, guys, play the Powerball, 17. <laughs> That's what we got to do here. Um, but to answer your question from a fantasy standpoint, a lot of these guys are not, you know, scrubs, so to speak. They are you know, you have Carlos Rivas, who has had a couple of really good games down in Orlando. You have Kaku, who is probably going to be an all-star this year. Derek Etienne has logged several MLS minutes, as has Bezacourt and uh, Escobar. Arellan uh, Collin and Sean Davis are starters on a lot of other teams in this league. Connor Lade is the greatest human being alive. So, you know, this wasn't exactly the worst team in the world. So when uh, you say, was it, you know, the Red Bulls B being that good, or if it's the Timbers are that bad, um, the answer is yes. Because <laughs> these guys are talented players, and Portland coming on the road, coming across the country like that, with the uh, with the struggles that they've had as of late, yeah, I mean, I have to I have to say that it's a little bit of both there. Well, then let me ask y'all. Um, now the Timbers don't have a home game for a while, and they're off this week. But are, would you look at the Timbers as a team to target against uh, based on these past two results, losing two one uh, at StubHub and and getting um, shellackled uh, for nothing at uh, Red Bull? That's a good question. Uh, I have <laughs> not picked up a single Timbers player. Now, I haven't grabbed anybody going against them either because I thought their defense was a little bit stronger than it's turned out to be. Um, I thought this was a team in flux, and whenever you get that with the new coach, it's kind of up in the air on what you're going to see. They could come out really strong one game. They could be really flat the next, and it's just it's really hard to predict that. And so I haven't really bet against them because they do have some quality pieces there that can really go together and give any team a run. But at the same time, they've got a lot of pieces that are just kind of 
don't know what's going to happen, don't know who's going to start, who's going to carry the load, and they are kind of lost out there. I know Vitas was hurt, and as he, I don't think he's been back yet. Um, that's that's been huge for them. They're really missing some key players there. So seeing this win, yeah, they're a team I might start picking against, especially on the road because uh, with a high-powered offense. I mean, they're just they haven't put it all together. New coach, everything. Just I don't trust them. And I wanted to take this opportunity to talk about um, the price structures because with the Red Bulls, a lot of those players were priced very low because they were not considered to be starters. Uh, and they had great games. They got a clean sheet, only clean sheet of the weekend. You know, Ben Mines scored goals. And so let me ask y'all, with the way the price system has been working and what we've seen it being so reliant on averages and especially averages that affect uh, lower price players, are y'all going to be picking up some of these Red Bulls players, even if they don't start just to increase price? Or how are y'all playing it with the Red Bulls since there seems to be a lot of potential for a price rise even going into next week based on this above average performance? So I would probably just stick with guys who I think are going to get minutes. So Luis Robles, Sean Davis, um, Kaku, probably Bezicourt. I mean, the Red Bulls play tomorrow night, so they may have their full complement of players available for the next match. But I, I wouldn't pick up a guy. I'd rather pick up a guy who's had a bit of a track record, right? Like, you know, the, the, score, the, the price increases are kind of weird this year. So, like, uh, you know, uh, Ben Sweat, he only got four points, but he still went up another 500K this week. Now, was that because <laughs> he had such a monster round in round one? I don't know. You know, Darwin Saren, again, he had four points this week. He had nine points last week. He went up another 500K this week. So I would rather stick with guys that have a little bit more of a track record than just a guy who didn't start round one, did, you know, did start round two. It's tricky. I think I'm just going to go with guys that have longer track records than guys who have just gone once so far. Yeah, and I, I was actually talking, even thinking almost just to put them on the bench, you know, just yeah. to spend the extra 0.5, just like, well, let me see if I can get another 0.5 uh, price rise for free. Um, but Blaine, what do you think? Uh, I know I saw you getting, getting into a lot of conversation about the price range, uh, price changes uh, on Reddit. Yeah, I think you've got this slotted for a little bit later in the show, too, to talk about the price changes in general. But a couple of these cheaper guys, the $6 million and less, um, definitely worth looking into if they're getting minutes. That's a huge thing. And they can't just be a 10-, 15-minute sub. That's going to hurt their value. We've seen Moderita, who had a little bit higher price, come in, and he's dropped value just by playing six minutes this season. He has dropped a lot. So, yeah, I – and. Part of this, and I know we'll talk about it later, is I think there's an averaging thing going on where they're trying to balance the yeah. game out a little bit. And I I don't want to lead too much into it because I want to save that for the big discussion. But I think if you've got some cheap guys that are way outperforming their price range, uh, those are the guys to look at right now. Um, and New York has a few of those. I know Tim's hit some of those names. Um, I was just trying to do a quick look on this and see who's who's costing what right now. Uh, Tyler Adams, if he has a big game at $7 million, is probably due for a big rise. Sean Davis was at that cheap price. Uh, Bezicourt, I mean, 14 points in the first game, and what did he go up? Did he go up the full point five? 
yeah, he went up to 4.5, which seems to be the max. I mean, if you've got somebody in that price range scoring that many points and you think they're going to replicate it, even if they're not in your starting lineup, I mean, if they're going to replicate 14 points, they better be in your starting lineup. But, (laughs) I mean, if if you're not sure... All my players are going to score 15, Blaine. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, at that price... If they're going to do that, yeah, definitely want to have them there. Um, if you don't mind tanking around, um, I mean, that could be potentially three, four, five million price raise if you hit enough guys like that at once, which is huge. I don't know. I don't think we've ever seen anything like it. I know there's some guys that are up four million online already on the two weeks. I'm up about two in two weeks. So. Yeah, I, New York is. If you think they're going to keep doing this, definitely bank on it. Yeah, the uh, the last point I want to make here too is that the Red Bulls at home, they're going to be a team. We're so deep this year that you're going to want to check their lineups an hour before, and and you'll probably have to make some switches because you know we've got Rizza in the <laughs> middle, we've got Velo, we've got Davis, we've got Wheel, we've got a ton of midfielders, all of whom can play further up or further back on the pitch there's a lot of flexibility there so i expect a lot of rotation early on definitely keep an eye on those starting lineups if you're gonna if you're thinking that the red bulls have an advantageous matchup all right well i've heard tim talk uh, nice things about the red bulls far too much for this podcast so i'm gonna move on away from that subject <laughs> david <laughs> via's great <laughs> well, we'll via. um one of the big fantasy matchups that turned out really well uh crew um Went up 2 nothing on Montreal, then almost blew it, and then saved it at the end with a last-minute Zardes penalty. Uh, I don't know how Zardes managed to get that penalty, but uh, he did, and that helped my fantasy team. Um, big takeaways from this, Blaine? Um, don't, uh, don't read too much into the Montreal side of things. Um, Columbus was kind of on cruise control and let it slip and let uh, Montreal get some momentum. And Montreal with momentum is a dangerous team. Um, I still didn't like the way they played the whole time, and I thought Columbus took their foot off the gas. Um, that said, Montreal is not necessarily that team to go clean sheet hunting against. Um, they've proven that they've got a few extra weapons there, and they have they can find ways to do it. Mancosu looks like he's ready to go this year. So I, I didn't like that, but, I mean, all props to Columbus. A 2-0 start when they're talking about moving the team. Uh, Zarde, that Zardes move has been outstanding. I don't care what anybody says. I called him a potential 20-goal scorer before the season started when I saw this trade. Uh, three and two games, I mean, that's a that's a huge pace if he can keep it up. We know he won't, but I don't think 20 goals is out of the question. I think the only other analyst I've seen talking about this is uh, Matt Doyle. He's been pretty big on Zardes, too. I think this this move really fits the team. Uh, Iguain's looking really good this year. So, I mean, just all together, I think this is a team going forward that you can count on to get some big fantasy points given the matchups. <clears throat> and, I mean, look for Zardes week in and week out. If he's got that good matchup at the price he's at right now, he is definitely worth grabbing. Then uh, another big one, uh, Atlanta beats – United beats United uh, 3-1. Um not, not a whole lot uh, too surprising about this game uh, other than maybe I think Martinez still had a price drop even though he scored a goal, uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. Um, only thing I want to say here, if, if you're starting, if, whenever I see DC's starting lineup picture and I see Maddox instead of Mullins, I'm just screaming, this, this lineup just screams 
no chance in hell. Like it screams it so loudly. I'm waiting for Vince McMahon to pop up. Like it's just such so, such a bad bad lineup. I don't know what Ben Olsen is doing. Um, is DC one of the teams that y'all are targeting? Right now, yeah. But I mean, at the same time, I'm gonna temper that with that Atlanta crowd just set this set the pace immediately. The team was fired up and looking great. One of my good friends, former Red Bull season ticket holder, now an Atlanta season ticket holder, he said it was the the craziest atmosphere he's ever seen at any sporting event. And he's been to Yankees playoff games. He was at the Atlanta playoff game last year. He said this one blew blew the roof off of the place. It was that is going to be a tough tough team to beat at home so i'm not surprised that dc you know i'm surprised they managed to put a goal in i mean tata martino made immediate adjustments from last week he threw three at the back with gressel and garza along the sides to give it a little extra support jeff lorenowitz did a decent job i mean he shored him up and they still had enough going forward to put in three goals um Next game, uh, it's, it's my game. Uh, New York City beats the Galaxy 2-1 win. Wasn't all that impressive in the second half. Um, it, yeah, a lot of people were saying um, the Galaxy look a lot better without Giovanni Dos Santos. Uh, and I, I can't say that I disagree with them. They, they were much better in the second half after shipping uh, two goals pretty easily. Uh, probably should have lost by more. Um, do you all think uh, Gio is going to being out is going to be good for LA and might see increased value for uh, Jonathan Dos Santos. I didn't get to watch this game, so I don't have any real comparison, but if we're going off of last year, he seemed kind of non-existent and almost like dead weight on that roster. Mm -hmm. So yeah, if it's the same style that they were playing last year, if he is not clicking with this team and I've said it, I said it preseason, this core is, still the same core they had last year, just with some extra pieces around them. Uh, yeah, if he's not clicking with that core, um, he's probably dead weight again this year. And I hate to say it, but he should get benched. I think they should swap him and John. Like move move Gio a little further back or at least put him out on, on the wing and move get in, pinch him in a little bit because he just seems to be struggling behind Kamara and his brother is the one uh, kind of making everything happen for him. Just change it up. I mean, he's just I don't think he's I don't think he's a guy to be sitting underneath Kai Kamara. Yeah, def definitely think the Galaxy need a change, especially with the injuries that we'll we'll get to in a little bit. Uh let's just kind of wrap up the rest of the week. Uh we had a bunch of road winners. Um Sporting Kansas City beat Chicago four to three. I don't know how many people called that one as a goal fest, but it was. Uh Vancouver. That was insane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no, then, just jump in on that one. Go, uh, go for it. Sporting went up 2-0 in the first half. Chicago came back in the second half, scored three unanswered to make it 3-2, and then Sporting put two in, and I think those last three or four goals of the game were scored after the 70th minute. I and they were all ridiculous. They were all ridiculous. they were all good goals. Yeah. yeah. All right, insane. so Blaine, um, Chicago's defense that bad, or Sporting Kansas City's fixed their offensive problems? Um, both, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, sporting looked hungry, a uh, couple roster changes, uh, Shelton started at center forward, didn't really do much, but gave them a lot of quality service and helped get the first goal, but they moved shallow centrally and the team just came to life after that. And we saw that in the end of the first game too. They put shallow in for Rubio and the whole dynamic on the field changed. So name to keep an eye on. 
Yeah, Salloway definitely impressed me uh, in the game against uh, New York City. Let's see, the other road winners, we had uh, Vancouver over Houston, uh, 2-1 win. And then Minnesota beats Orlando, uh, also 2-1. Not a great start for Jason Kreiss, you know, dropping probably two of the easiest home matches of the year with a draw and a, a loss. Um, I know, I know. The commentary on the Vancouver game was really big. That Vancouver's got the best road record in MLS over the last three seasons. Um, with the way they're playing and with the way they've started off this year, especially at Houston, um, they are a team that is probably viable week in and week out, whether it's a road game or a home game. Any team with Brett Shea on it, really. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll have to see. I'm I'm not sold on Vancouver. Um, by expected goals, they should have lost this game. They were really lucky to come out with a win. Um, they should have lost it. I I, th- I think looking at the expected goals and the numbers. Uh, but I mean, their style really does bode well for playing on the road because they're sitting counterattacking um, team, and when you have a strong defensive presence you can do that now the question is whether they will keep up that defensive presence without parker uh going forward um last game do you guys want to talk about res versus colorado <laughs> yeah. that's kind of what i felt too <laughs> all right well let's get into the the housekeeping section um big thing to pay attention to this week is ccl uh, New York Red Bulls, Seattle, and TFC are all still in it. They all won their games against Mexican opposition uh, last week. Um, so they are almost certainly fielding A-plus lineups this week. Um, definitely keep an eye on that for injury developments or anything, you know, if they go 120. Uh, the New York Red Bulls will be at home in New Jersey. Uh, Seattle and TFC are traveling to Mexico. Um, all of those teams play uh, this coming weekend, so you're have going to have to factor in travel and all of that uh, when making your picks. Uh, so c- kind of keep an eye out and see what happens uh, midweeks. Uh, we have five teams on by for this fantasy round. The Revolution, both LA teams, LAFC and the LA Galaxy, Colorado and Portland. So if you're looking for your players for your switcheroos and keeperoos, those are the five teams to find them. And um, before we go any further, we want to thank all of you all who have donated to Patreon. Uh, I know we really appreciate the support. That's how we can pay for the hosting fees and for all the cool swag that we're including as uh, league prizes and that. Um, you know, I don't have a list of who just do- joined and donated, uh, but we'll get that for you all next week. But thank you all so much. I, I really appreciate your generosity. I know Reed does and Blaine does as well. Um we have a blast doing this for y'all and trying to be a, a voice for the community. Um, and so, you know, we're, we're really helpful and, and humbled whenever y'all uh, donate to us and, you know, give us, give us the money that we need to do to money that we need in order to do what we're doing. All right. And without further ado, let's get to the uh, injury news. Uh, the biggest injury news today is uh, Molino for Minnesota. He is out with an ACL tear. Um, that's out for the season, so um, expect a lot of shuffling in that Minnesota lineup to try to replace his productivity. <clears throat> uh, Giovanni Dos Santos, as he mentioned, left at halftime with a hamstring injury. Uh, LA has a whole bunch of injuries and suspension issues. Ashley Cold received a red card. He'll be suspended next uh, next game. Uh, Siani also pulled up. 
uh, for the hat trick of LA um, absences. And then uh, Alessandrini missed this weekend, but I believe he is expected back for next week. Uh, and then kind of keep a note on uh, Sebastian Legette uh, did play. Uh, can't remember if he went 90, but he started and he played a pretty good bit. So he's kind of back in the picture. So keep an eye on that. Orlando lost Pino, uh, subbed off early. Looks like he's going to miss a bunch of time. Uh, Marcel Dijon for Vancouver had a chest contusion. Uh, no word on the timetable for him. And then um, Pico for uh, Philadelphia, he lost his appeal and he will be suspended for the next two matches for uh, racial abuse that happened in the preseason. Um, so like I said, I was out at the fair, so I may have missed some injury news. So if I missed something this weekend, make sure to tweet at me and I will get that uh, information out to you. All right, well, let's get into the general uh, Reddit questions. And uh, there's kind of an overarching theme to a lot of the questions that uh, we got, and that is about the price change system. Um, we saw a lot of like kind of weird price changes. Uh, it seems really, really heavily weighted towards averages. Uh, so, for example, uh, Senderos for Houston, I think he got one point or something, was subbed at halftime, still saw a 500,000 um, increase because he did so well last week. Um, one of the th other things we've learned is there seems to be a cap. Obviously, you can only go up or down 500,000 in one week. But if you have a really good week or a really bad week, that might bleed into next week with, with the way the averages are working out. Um, there were a bunch of kind of weird, you know, this guy did nothing but got a huge boost. Uh, I think like Ben Sweat was one. Um, and and y'all guys can fill in with one of the weird ones that y'all saw. Uh, what are your, you, what are y'all, what are y'all's feelings about the price change system as we've seen it so far? Yeah, I was ready to dive into this question because I had a theory after the first week and the second week has helped it a little bit. I really think the price change system this year is built on a balancing factor for the entire game. Um, we see those initial price points and we go, oh, that person's really cheap or oh, this person's really expensive. Or in the case of Will Bruin, we see a Jordan Morris injury before the season starts and now two guys that were supposed to split time are being lumped into one guy. So that's double the fantasy chances, right? Um, Sapong is my early example. Um, he goes up the whole 0.5 in one go. We've had a couple other guys. Rossi's up, what, uh, 700. Uh, Vialba went up 500 this time. I mean, we're seeing it. I think the game is trying to balance out your bottom tier, your mid tier, and your premium players as the season goes on. So a guy like Sapong, who is going, who should be banging in goals, if he's got a 20-goal season in him, I expect him to be priced similarly to Villa and a Giovinco when they're healthy, when they're playing at their best. Because I think the game is really trying to balance that out so you don't have these super teams of really cheap options like a few years ago when Kyle Lauren came in. Uh, knocking in goals, really cheap, uh, must-own for everybody on basically every team anytime you had a solid matchup. So I think that's what we're seeing here, and that's where some of the averages come in. Because even if you look at uh, Cinderos is a good example, he got a zero this last week and still went up 0.5. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, how, how do you how do they justify that? And I think that comes back to it that his average. I'm looking it up right now. With his first game, he still got the 
fifth best average of all defenders in the game after that. So that may be what we're looking at here is who's got the best. I mean, it's Connor Laid, Betashore, Duncan. I don't even know where he plays and Elliot for um, Philadelphia. I mean, that's, I think that's going with it. It's just, it's their average. I mean, Ben Sweat's another one if we're going to pull out names. Uh, he's in the top 10 for the average defenders. Abu Bakr has gone up uh, quite a few times, and he's in that top 15 range. I mean, the guys we're seeing, I mean, Sestinovic got, what, how many minutes this last week? Um, got himself seven points in it. Um, I think he came out, did he come out before the goals? He may have, he got an injury, uh, busted his head open. I think he's good to be good to play. I think he got the clean sheet. Yeah. He got the clean sheet cause he subbed in seven points. He spiked up uh, that full point five, And so he's now, he's got one of your better averages is that. So I think that's a big part of it is where your average is, like we've been talking about, but I think it's a balancing system too, where they're trying to keep the guys who are playing week in and week out and getting those consistent points at the highest price point. So you can't just load up on a few guys who got lucky because of injuries ahead of them, or they were really underrated or a rookie who came in at the bare, at the league minimum on this and stacking your team with all of these guys. Cause now you've got to really pick and choose who you want, where I know one of my complaints over the last couple of seasons has been, everybody's got the same players. That was one of my huge complaints before they went to unlimited transfers. Well, this guy's got a, this team has a stretch of four good games in a row. We're going to load up the maximum we can just because we want those games and everybody's doing that. I mean, so I think that's a way to do this. I think that's where this is going. So, with all that said, um, look at your cheap options who are having a really good average. I mean, if somebody like I wish I would have known Cinderos was going to go up another half, half million for this because why not grab him? That's free money at this point for a bench spot. So look at those guys who have the insane averages and at that really cheap price point because they're just going to keep going up until they balance out. Now, if you've got a guy at the top end of the the price spectrum, take uh, Joseph Martinez. His average is has not been that great this year. He's a little ways down. He goes down. I think there were 12 forwards ahead of him last week. All 12 of them ahead of him went up in value, and nine of those 12 went up the full point five. He was, uh, he was number 13, and he dropped. He's the only one that dropped out of that top 13. His average is a little lower right now. Um, what is his average? His average is six. Um, Jackson, who has an plan for Colorado, he's got an average of six after the one game. He went up 0.5, but his starting value was 4.0. So you look at that. Wando's got that same. Wando was at nine. He's got that same six point average. He's at a flat cost. So you kind of got to watch that. And I think so. If you got big money guys who you don't think you're going to perform, stay away from Diego Valeri is a trap the way Portland is playing. He is just going to bleed money from your team. And it's not worth the risk right now when you've got cheaper options on other teams who will probably have an average or a better game. So that's my take on it right now from what I can gather. I'm trying to get all the stats together. There is not a good way to get stats off the MLS website this year, so I'm having to manually pull those by hand, and I'm going to try to get some numbers to back up this theory. But that is really what I think is going on with it this year, and as soon as I can get numbers together to back it up, I'll get those published on Fantasy Boss. Yeah, that's uh, it's definitely a little frustrating that they don't specify exactly how it's happening i'm hoping that blaine is right here and that it's an averaging thing and that maybe it'll slow down because we might see some defenders priced out of the game if they just have one monster match 
which leads to four or 500K increases afterwards. And then all of a sudden you can't afford them, right? Um, this does bring up an interesting point in that maybe you don't want to use guys that are, you know, going to be on buy this week because maybe their prices won't change at all. Maybe instead you go with a Connor Laid as the last guy on your bench so that you can guarantee yourself a 500K increase. You do lose a bit, little bit of that flexibility with your your roster if you decide to do a little tinkering during the round. But at the same time, you're locking in a 500K increase with Connor Laid next week. That's pretty much almost a guarantee based on the behavior we've seen so far. So, you know, again, a little frustrating and hopefully we'll be able to determine exactly how it's done because, you know, it is a roster uh, salary cap driven game. But if you can early on in the season, if you're trying to choose between two players and it's a coin flip, just think, uh, just look back at their scores and see how they've done recently and then choose the one that's done better because he has a better chance of going up in price. And I think that's where a lot of my frustration with, with the way this system is coming out comes into play, you know, because, you know, before it was like, okay, look at differentials, try to find players who haven't done so well, but maybe doing well this week, you know, good matchup, you know, injury or whatever. Now, now I'm looking at players like, well, they might have a good matchup this week, but because they've had bad matchups before, I don't know if I want to pick them because I might get a price loss. Um, you know, for instance, uh, Ronald Moderita, uh, he's lost 800000 um, because he's been subbed on. And that's one of the big things we've seen is that if you're just a yeah. sub on, you're going to get smoked. To put this into perspective, Moderita has played a grand total of six minutes this season and lost uh, 800000 for six minutes. <clears throat> now, he was at that high price point, so they're bringing him back down to where his points average is, and that's the way I think this is going. But still, six minutes for that type of drop is insane. Devastating. Yeah, and, and that's, I think, my problem. I don't mind having the game with a balancing issue. You know, if, if you want to say Moderate is not a starter, so he shouldn't have, you know, he shouldn't be worth so much, I don't have a problem with that. But when you include that in as a, a salary budget, as the players change, then to me it becomes, your choices become way too much de dependent on prices and anticipating prices. Uh, you know, we talked about, like you know, Tim mentioned, like getting free money if you put, like, laid on the bench. Like, to me, like, that's t a terrible game design. Like, you shouldn't be rewarded for game results that have already happened when you didn't pick the player. You know, it's almost, you know, okay, we're, who are the cheap guys that can load up on the bench to load up on some money to go forward? You know, if they were going to do this big balancing, big dramatic changes, I, I actually, actually kind of like that. I think it makes the game tougher. But then I don't think you should have your personal budget increase. Everyone should just have 100000 or $100 million and just kind of leave it at that. That way no one's, you know, because if you get someone who has a bad week, you're getting like massively pummeled. You know, you're losing 0. 0.5. Uh, and I mean, with the way that with, with how tight the game is now, losing you know two million dollars is huge um so yeah i i hope we get so, you know some more details of that as we kind of get some more information um but but i've definitely found it frustrating but for those of you who are making picks and you know we don't have a whole lot of time to complain about the game because we have to succeed at it that's what you have to look look at averages look at cheap players and know that the higher expensive players are more of a risk because if they drop below that average um they're gonna get pummeled um let's go um go into the game by game previews 
And uh, let's start with uh, DC versus Houston. Tim, uh, what do you think we're going to get out of this, these games? So DC, um, it's it's tough. You, you know, you see the names, you see Assad, you see Acosta, you see Ariel. You're like, okay, you know, maybe they can put something together at home. And, you know, Houston wasn't exactly the best road team last season either. So maybe there's something there. But it's a little too early in the season, and the players have scored too few fantasy points to even merit keeping them on your roster at this point or even bringing them on because even if they go out and have a great game, I don't think if it's really an averages if it's an averages based game, it's too early in the season, right? You haven't played enough games to kind of average it out and not have to worry about a big swing in price. I think the big swings in price are going to happen more so earlier in the season. So I'm not even looking at anybody from D.C. at this point. Houston, on the other hand, yeah, they've been great. They've been scoring a lot of goals. They scored a lot of goals that first game at home, and, you know, it's not like they got blown out by Vancouver. You know, you had good you had good fantasy scores on that roster last week. So, you know, maybe you do go with an Elis or a, or a, or a Wenger or, a, you know, a good old-fashioned Red Bulls throwback, Eric Alexander. Um, so even if it's just, you know, even if you don't trust them on the road, maybe you throw one of those two of those guys on your roster just for the price appreciation, just for a strictly uh, salary cap play here. But for the most part, I'm not a huge fan of this matchup from a fantasy standpoint. I think it's a 1-1 draw. I think DC locks it down a bit, and I think maybe Houston isn't as good on the road. Um, but, yeah, nobody from DC on my roster this week, and, uh, you know, maybe maybe Elis and Eric Alexander on my uh, on my roster. But, you know, they're not my top picks either. Moving on, we have a Minnesota versus Chicago. And Blaine, we had a question from uh, Overscore. What is the effect of Molino's injury on Minnesota? I'm going to answer this one with a question to start with, and I know everybody hates that, but I think this is what. how much stock do you put in Ethan Finley to step up this year? Um, with Molino hurt, I think you're gonna uh, Finley's going to have to take on a little bit more of the load. And I personally don't know that he can do it. He had a great first year with um, Columbus or that breakout season with Columbus. And then he kind of tailed off after that. And I don't, I don't have a lot of faith in that. I just don't think this team has a second playmaker to go with him right now. And I think he's going to get focused down a little bit. And that's going to really hurt the offensive production for this team. Molino has kind of been the life of this team going forward. And they kind of go with the way he goes, even if he's not lighting up the fantasy score sheet, his his involvement in the offense has been crucial. So that's my take. And that's kind of my game expectation. I think Chicago's got a boss of a midfield right now. I think they're going to pretty much dominate this game on the road. I'm actually going to go ahead and say it's a 2-0 Chicago win on the road. And so with a 2-0 scoreline, that means Chicago's defense is on that clean sheet alert. And there's, there's some guys in there, depending on who starts and because they're playing early. Um, there's some value options out there. Um, Christian Dean, has he played 88 minutes against Kansas City, ended up with a single point, but he's at 4.3 right now. Um, can't beat that in an auto route. Can't beat that just as, a, as an early starter against a weak team. I mean, he's one of my must-owns this week. And then uh, Nikolic just looked really good against Kansas City. The the way they were playing did well. Um, depending on what your opinion of Chicago is, there's a couple other options in there. 
but defense and Nikolic are the two I'm looking at this week. So Blaine liked some uh, away players from uh, the Minnesota-Chicago game. Uh, and we did have a question, uh, Tim, from Overscore again. Uh, is this the week for away forwards? And I figured that would be a good uh, question to put in in the Philadelphia versus Columbus section with how hot uh, Zardes has been. So, Tim, are you going to go with the way forwards uh, this week with how successful away teams have been? I definitely am, Mike. I definitely am. Um, I've got both Zardes and Higuain in my lineup right now. I think it's going to be a 2-2 or even a 3-3 match. I think both teams are going to uh, make a lot of things happen going forward. Both teams have been very exciting so far. I've, I've liked a lot of what I've seen out of Philly in the preseason. And, you know, they just took care of business against an undermanned New England team. But, you know, I think both CJ Sapong and Zardes put in a goal. I think uh, I think Higuain puts in a goal. And, uh, you know, I think, um, I think David Akam finds the board as well. I like Harris Madunian in. I don't like him at 9.2, perhaps, but I do like him in general in this matchup. Um, and I'm even going to throw in Keegan Rosenberry in there just for, uh, you know, the fact that he's a 5 million defender who uh, is a threat going forward. And, you know, even if his team does poop the bed a little bit defensively, he's probably going to have a price increase. So I'm liking a lot of the uh, the attacking options in this matchup. Uh, so what's your score prediction? Uh, two, two, or three, three. Two, two, or three, three. Okay. Yeah. A lot of goals. A lot of goals. A lot of goals. Well, Blaine, are we going to see a lot of goals in Montreal versus TFC? I think we probably will. Um, I kind of expect uh, Toronto to go up early and Montreal to claw back and try to make a game of it in the second half like they've done all season. I'm currently predicting a 3-1 on this one. And you've got your usual complement of Toronto FC players with Josie Gio and Vasquez. Um, if you've got any other feelings on this one, definitely go with them. But um, as far as the way forwards go, I'd probably rank Josie just a little bit higher than Giovinco. Um, I worry about that price rate uh, change on that to a degree. And I just I kind of get the feeling that Josie's going to have the better match in this one. All right, moving on. Uh, Blaine, uh, I'm going to make you talk about New York City uh, in my presence. So hopefully you, you pick the oh, right man. team. Oh, I'm just channeling <laughs> my inner mic tonight then. I think New York City dominates this one. Um, Orlando hasn't shown me Good, anything Blaine. this season <laughs> outside of Miram. And New York's defense hasn't been that bad this year. Uh, I know they usually give up a goal. They're not known as that clean sheet defense. But I've got them going the clean sheet this week. Um, I don't know. I just I really like the way Via Morales and Medina, Medina have played together. I'm predicting a 4-0 win for this one. So load up here. Um, I think Via could easily get his brace in each of those other guys, uh, bag a goal and a, maybe an assist on each of them. I mean, if you're going to go three deep in an attack this week, this is it. That, that's what I like to hear. Uh, all right, Tim. Um, we had a friend uh, from Atlanta. Uh, do you think Atlanta is going to repeat its um, big home uh, environment against Vancouver? I think they do. I think they do. Um, you know, uh, Vancouver, I, li I like a lot of what I'm seeing out there. I think they got a very solid squad. You know, anybody that has Breck Shea is a winner in my book, right? So, um <laughs> You know, I, I said uh, Kai Kamara before mistakenly when I was referring to Ola Kamara for Los Angeles. But Kai Kamara, I actually uh, – he's currently in my lineup right now. I may be dropping him later, but I like both him and Tachera in this matchup. 
I'm probably going to stay away from defenders. Alfonso Davies, maybe in the midfield at 6.5, I'll throw him in there. He's a he's the best player on the pitch uh, for both both games allegedly. So you know, I'll probably have him in my midfield. But you got to go with the big trio of uh, of Almiron, Martinez, and Villalba for for Atlanta here. Um, they're just they're just too filthy up top. So. Uh, you know, I think it's a 3-2 game. I think there's, again, a lot of scoring here, but I think Atlanta comes away with a win. All right, well, we're hearing a lot of games with a lot of goals, so uh, yeah, Blaine, two teams that aren't known for a whole lot of goals, Sporting Kansas City and San Jose, uh, but have scored a bunch of goals in their games so far. Uh, defense or offense in this one? A little bit of both down the middle. Um, I kind of yeah, I kind of expect a little bit more of a KG match here. Uh, a lot of midfield presence on this one. I I'm gonna go on a limb here and say Shallowy is gonna start this game the way he's played with as good as they have looked with him on the pitch. He has got to be out there to bring some life to this team. If you see him start, and that's where I'm making this prediction on, I've got two one Kansas City in this game. I think um, San Jose's got enough options. They will find their goal. Kansas City's defense has not looked the greatest this year. Some sloppy mistakes and everything else. I don't think they've quite gelled, and I don't think they're getting quite the same midfield coverage that they got last year. Uh, Espinoza's playing up a lot higher. Gutierrez is playing higher than Benny did. Both of the both Benny and Espinoza last year played a lot more conservatively. They really helped cover. You've got Blessing's infamous remark after the first week that he was – too tired after defending to go score um i think this team has shifted its focus a little bit because they know they need goals to compete and the defense hasn't looked terrible but there's been some sloppy mistakes that they've gotten burned on so they've got to clean it up i don't think they're going to keep a clean sheet this week um don't know who from san jose is going to get the goal but if you're looking at uh, kansas city players russell and gutierrez have been the two best scoring threats that we've had so far and then Shallowy in an auto he's at 5.5 right now, and he had that dirty little back heel for the game-winning assist. Um, as long as he's in the middle, he is always going to be involved, may be able to get you some good points, may find a goal, probably will find an assist. And just at 5.5, that's a price rise, but that's also a really good auto candidate. Uh, so what's your score prediction? 2-1 uh, Kansas City. 2-1 Kansas City. All right, Tim, uh, I hesitate to give the mic to you, but I, I'm going to let you talk about RSL versus New York Red Bulls, and I'm sure you're probably going to bore me with more uh, praise of the Red Bulls. Oh, you know it, man. Um, well, first, <laughs> well, let's, talk about, let's talk about uh, beautiful Mike Petke. Um, I think that RSL had a bit of a fluke game last week. I, I think that it was just one of those where you come out flat, you just don't play well, and things just kind of snowball on you a little bit. I don't think RSL is a team that's going to lose 5-1 every week, right? So I, I'm a fan of Joao Plata. Um, I, don't, I don't think I'm going to go with any RSL players this week just because there are so many better attacking options. Um and for the Red Bulls, it really comes down to who they run out there. You know, they might just go with the kids again. You know, they might, especially uh, you're traveling across the country early in the season. You don't quite have the same legs where guys can go and put in another 90-minute shift four days after a very rough CCL matchup. So I think we're going to see a lot of rotation for the Red Bulls. But if I were to pick some fantasy players here, I'd go with uh, Joao Plata for RSL. Probably going to go with Kaku for New York. He's 
he's just so ridiculous. And I don't think he plays against um, – I don't think he plays against Tijuana, uh, or at least he doesn't start against Tijuana this this Tuesday. Um, I think the score line is going to be a 1-1 draw. And, uh, you know, I think uh, there's going to be a lot of love uh, between Connor Laid and Mike Petke at some point, which my heart is just going to explode. <laughs> He's going to leap up into his arms and it's, I'm going to cry. <laughs> All right, uh, Blaine, finish us off with the Sunday game, uh, FCD, uh, FC Dallas versus Seattle. Yeah, I didn't like you giving me this game. Um, I have I'm no sorry. idea what's going to happen here. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, I'm predicting a 2-1 Seattle win on this one. I have not been impressed with Seattle's defense. And, you know, from the preseason talks, I was like, oh, expect a good defense is the hold up in Kansas City and Seattle and RSL. I mean, I've just had great luck this year, so – um, I think um, Diaz finds a way to get Dallas a goal. I don't know that he's going to be the one to score it, but I think he's going to be involved in it. Um, I I like this Seattle attack, even on the road. I like them. Um, Ladero and Bruin are my two picks this week. If you're going to look at look here, those are the two guys to go after. Um, avoid the defenses here. I I just I don't see either team keeping a clean sheet right here. So it really comes down to, do you like Bruin and Ladero more than some of these other matchups that are out there? Diaz at home is primed for a decent game. Um, I think he can pick apart some of this weak Seattle defense that's been going on right now. But again, is he better than some of the other options, especially at his price point right now? And I don't think so. So I threw a couple names out there, but I'm not picking anybody from this game. All right. Well, before we get into the uh, chalkboard picks, I heard a lot of games that y'all were saying lots of goals. Didn't hear as many clean sheets. I think Blaine said a clean sheet for uh, Chicago. Um, we got a bunch of Reddit questions. Are the defenders worth it with what we've seen with the offensive explosion? I think we've had the most goals in the first two weeks ever. Uh, are Should you be staying away from defenders? Are you changing formations in order to accommodate less defenders? Are you still rolling the dice because the defenders are so cheap given the current rules and the new otteru transfer um i think you're almost always setting up with three defenders in the back um you let the otteru dictate whether somebody's going to get in there so you take your clean sheet predictions which i have two this week mike new york city is mm-hmm. the other one i know that you never hear that so <laughs> new york city is a clean sheet prediction this week yeah, probably so i know new york city is not keeping a clean sheet this week <laughs> uh, yeah so yeah i mean if you're on the fence about ben sweat or callens or somebody else i'm trying to think i don't even know who chicago's got kapelhoff let's just throw that out there if you're on the fence on whether they're going to keep it or you just don't want to risk it you throw one of those guys you throw a couple of those guys out there on your field you throw another one on the bench in the auto reel, especially when they're that cheap and and see what happens if they get the clean sheet uh, get an assist or even get a goal i mean they're coming in off your bench that's a that's that's great for you. If not, you're not losing that much. Your defenders are your cheap options on the bench to get those Otteroos going. So I still think you're lo- you're looking at four, possibly five defenders if the price is right. But you're looking at the cheaper guys. Uh, the the big names they're just they're so up and down. I mean, Moderita was going to be the example for a while. Huge drops already. He was your premium defender not playing, getting just a couple of minutes, and dropping in price. That's the model for every big money defender right now. 
Um, Ike Par has dropped in value because he's not putting up the big points and he was one of the highest priced. I mean, if you've got a guy at the top end of that price point, if they have a bad game and don't have the average to back it up, Senderos is probably a safe bet at that price point, but if they don't have the average to back it up, expect a price drop, so avoid them. Yeah, I'm not seeing any... I, I, I'm not seeing any clean sheets this week, at least f- from a prediction standpoint, right? You know, there's probably going to be a couple, but who the hell knows who it's going to be? So I'm going three in the back. I'm running three attacking-oriented defenders. And this week, you know, I've been doing the triple switcheroo for the first two rounds. Probably just going to have one plug on there I'm out on the pitch and probably have that, you know, last bench slot be someone who's going to go up in points, like I said, a Connor Laid or, you know, somebody who's kind of guaranteed a price increase. Maybe uh, maybe one of the teams that were on by last week, maybe a San Jose defender or something. So we'll see. Um, but I'm definitely angling for uh, ro- uh, salary appreciation at this point as opposed to uh, p- fantasy returns flexibility for my defenders. All right, well, let's get into who those picks actually are. Uh, Blaine, who do you have for keeper? Um, I've got Sanchez for Chicago with that clean sheet pick at 4.8. That's um, a solid return. Um, Easy price rise if he gets that clean sheet. A little bit more expensive than I'd like for a keeper but definitely an option for a keeper I've got some money in the bank where I could upgrade a a scrub goalkeeper if I needed to. So, yeah. Uh, well, right now I have Tarbell. Um, I really don't know. I'm, I'm kind of with Tim this weekend. I don't see a whole lot of clean sheets, so that, that'll that probably change. But right now I have the Mandeville native. Uh, can't go wrong with a Louisiana boy uh, and supporting Kansas City because I'm not sold on their offense yet. Uh, Tim, who's, who's your keeper? I've got Andre Blake this week. You know, I think uh, he's going to, even though I think Columbus is going to knock a few in, he – He's got uh, he scored nine points in round one, and he did not play in round two. So, you know, at a minimum, he'll still go up a few points, just like Joe Bendick did for me uh, last week. <laughs> All right, in, in defenders, um, I have four right now. Uh, I have Ben Sweat, uh, Abu Bakar. Um, I know he's on the road, but I'm kind of just kind of ride ride that ride that price ride train. Uh, then I have Trusty. Um, and then I have Greg Garza as part of my auto route. So I've got Keegan Rosenberry, Abubakar, and Ben Sweat. So a lot of a lot of similar names there. And I also have uh, Connor Laid as well. I think he'll, uh, you know, maybe he won't play against RSL. You know, if he does, good. But if he doesn't, eh, he's going up in price anyway. So he'll be kind of my fourth guy slash plug. And then. Um, I don't know, fifth guy. I've been uh, I've been looking around. Maybe uh, maybe I'll double up on Philly. Go with Trusty there since he's uh, cheap at five mil. Blaine, how about you? Yeah, I've got uh, Kapelhoff and Dean, who I've mentioned already for Chicago. Uh, ben Sweats out there, and I've got David Horst at four point three for RSL, sitting in an Ottawa spot right now, just in case. All right, um, midfielders, Tim. Yep, so I've got uh, Higuain, Almarone, I've got Danny Hosen, I've got Kaku right now, and uh, that, that may switch over to Sean Davis, depending on who uh, depending on, you know, who gets lined up. 
And um, I don't know. I'm thinking about maybe uh, adding Vaco as well for my uh, for my fifth midfield slot, or maybe Carlos Rivas. We'll see, man. Carlos Rivas <laughs> is apparently a midfielder, so yeah, <laughs> 7.5, and he's guaranteed a price rise. So I'm probably going to leave my price rise picks to def- to defenders. But um, yeah, right now they've got those four of Iguain, Amarone, Danny Ozan, and Kaku. All right, Blaine, how about you? Yeah, I've got Iguain, Morales, and uh, Russell in there right now. I've got Shallowy on the bench as an Otteru candidate. I'm actually really thinking about running uh, three up top, so I am a little light on the midfielders this week. Um, Almiron's definitely a good option if you have the money for him. My money's up front. Otherwise, he would be in my lineup. Well, I think all of us have Almiron. Um, I also have Zhao Plata. I have uh, Ayo Herrera for New York City. Uh, and then I have uh, Katai from uh, Chicago. Don't know a whole lot about him, but he scored 11 points last week. Uh, so I think he's due for a price rise, if nothing else. And then I have Salouy is part of the switcheroo. And so uh, now let's get to forwards. Uh, well, Blaine, you said he had a lot of money uh, up front. Uh, who do you have? Yeah, I've got uh, Via, Zardes, and Sapong all this week. I I kind of agreed with Tim's prediction. I think there's going to be a lot of goals in Philadelphia this week with the Philly-Columbus game. And then uh, I said 4-0 for New York City. Um, Via's got to be in there if you're predicting that. Yeah, well, I, I have David Villa as well, and I have Jossie Zardes. I don't have a third forward, um, but Sapong is definitely an interesting pick if I, if I did add a third forward. Tim, do you have uh, Villa and Zardes too? I actually don't have Zardis this week. I've got uh, Villa and Sapong, and then my third forward, I'm going to flip a coin between uh, Joseph Martinez and Hector Villalba. Gotcha. I, I like it. All right, uh, captain picks. Uh, I have Dalit Villa as my captain. Uh, how about y'all? Yep. David Villa. Oh, <laughs> God damn it. He's so good. <laughs> He's just a model MLS player. He's just a great guy. He's a great ambassador for the league. Ah. <laughs> It's disgusting. Mike, I'll say it again just to make you happy. I'm predicting a 4-0 win, and Villa's involved in that 4-0. Well, if I'm picking Dodd Villa as a captain and everyone's picking Dodd Villa as a captain, it's probably an Orlando 1-0 win. Um, All right, uh, your clean sheets. Um, Blaine, I think you already told us uh, yours. Uh, Tim, who are your clean sheets? Oh, it's clearly going to be Orlando. No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) You know, I, I'm looking at that RSL Red Bulls game, and I could just see it. I could see one of those teams, maybe even the Red Bulls, just kind of locking it down. Um, it's so tough. There's not really any matchups where I think that they'll be able to pull off a clean sheet. So, you know, I'll go with uh, RSL and Red Bulls. Uh, I think my clean sheet shout of the week is in Atlanta. Uh, I don't buy Vancouver's offense, and I think Atlanta might uh, have something for them. Uh, after that, uh, New York City is a good shout, but I think I'm going to give uh, the edge to FC Dallas. Uh, Seattle will be coming off a trip. Uh, it's going to be a tough tri- trip to uh, Guadalajara, I think, on Thursday. Either Wednesday or Thursday, but even so, FC Dallas at home usually is a pretty tough uh, place to get a goal, so uh, I'll give an eye towards them <clears throat> all right well those are all of our picks um 
we have a league. Uh, but I did not write it up uh, <laughs> as to who won, um, mostly because the dashboard is so god awful to use as far as leagues. It's really tough to find that. Um, but yeah, um, so let's just get into our plugs and wrap it up because I know the the show has kind of run long, but uh, you know we have a lot more to talk about in the beginning of the year with whole new system. So hopefully y'all don't mind us going a little bit over the hour that we try to get to. I'm sure once things calm down, we'll we'll get below that hour mark. So um, yeah, uh, Blaine, any plugs? Yeah, um, you didn't go over our league, which is great. I'm going to go ahead and plug it really quick. MLS Fantasy Boss, Reed is on top of the league. I know there was a Reddit question about our thoughts on how the head-to-head tiebreaker for who's got wins is uh, point differential first. He's at plus 25 points over his opponent, and we've only played one game. We didn't start until round two. So that 25 points, even though he is uh, – what is that, 12 points, 13 points down from the top score in our league. He's got the point differential. He sits on top of the league right now. So congrats, Reed. Enjoy it. Consider that a wedding present from whoever you played against. Too too much good stuff happening for Reed uh, the, this weekend. Um, Tim, any plugs? Yeah, just uh, check me out on Twitter at SoccerCaptains or visit us at SoccerCaptains.com. Also, um, on r slash fantasy MLS, I did post – uh, it's you, you slash soccer captains. We did post a, a nice little mega thread for uh, for all the leagues. So if you're still looking for leagues to join, there's a link to maybe about a little over a dozen leagues. So you know, go on in and just start clicking. Just it's that easy. Well, all right. Well, thank you all so much for uh, joining us, and uh, good luck. <laughs>